0: I may be stupid, but I'm not dumb. I may be stupid, but I'm not dumb. That's gonna be someone's fucking campaign slogan. I guess the guy running against Takeshi six nine. He'd have to be four twenty, right? That's that's the person Takeshi six nine runs against. <laughs> it would right? have to be what,
1: like Kaneda four
0: twenty? Canada four twenty, just underneath a sign that says "Stop snitching" emboldened on a fucking American flag.
1: I legit do not know which one of them is running on the GOP ticket in this particular race, in this hypothetical race.
0: Okay, I'm looking at these characters we've constructed here. Well, one of them is just six nine. One of them is just six nine. It's just six nine running for office, and the other, I guess, is a more is a more conventional rapper on the stop snitching platform. Because then I think that might actually be the GOP person. Six nine's whole thing has a sort of weaselly. Clinton primary kind of flavor to it.
1: In my head, this four twenty guy, Canada four twenty, he's more like a mirror image palette
0: swap. <laughs> All right, I'm enjoying this uh, polygon fighting team thing happening here. It's like like he's
1: a uh, he like a Luigi uh, or you know like you know Dark Link.
0: Something like that. Dark Link, Dark Samus. Dark Samus. Ink Mario from Sunshine. Man, Nintendo really takes the quick route on that one, huh? It's,
1: you are know, we're, we're gonna call it a beloved trope of theirs.
0: <laughs> well, I guess sometimes shortcuts get you where you're going more quickly. I mean, they remain as beloved
1: as ever. I was just playing Pokemon Snap last night. It's the most fun.
0: Is there a dark photographer?
1: I the, guess that's you compared to Todd Snap. He's in that, by the way. He's a side character.
0: Wait, that's you? You're a malign photographer? Are you selling your poke pics to Poke I'm TMZ? i a malign
1: photographer. <laughs> you're just, you know,
0: you're there. Alright, I get the feeling that you're taking poke pics of Jennifer Hudson on the beach now. Uh, no, but there is a
1: Machamp on the beach. He, like, kind of just flexes at himself.
0: Ah. I see. Just the actor that plays Aquaman, then Jason Momoa. (laughs) Man, that would have been funnier if I could remember names. I didn't have the creeping aphasia of age.
1: I think out of all the people on this planet, the one... No, it's Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar looks the most like Machamp.
0: Yeah! Like, or Bobby Lashley. Both of them look equally like Machamp. I'm, gonna get, I'm actually going to give this one to Lashley. He's just the most <laughs> toyetic person. Like, on the just
1: imagine Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley, with two more arms, and you're basically already there.
0: <laughs> All right, I'm gonna offer some free creative advice sure. to defend because you're already in the fuck it zone. Yeah, like you, you've already fired everyone of significance for talent. So I think Road Dogg's gone now too. And Road Dog, so he- <laughs> and William look- Regal. Oh. I'm just angry. <laughs> He's but- drinking Pissed with the Angels now. Here's a pitch. You guys are already fucking around with the 3D technology. It doesn't look great, but you're still doing it. So, as long as you're there, just copy and paste two more arms on Lashley. Just fucking try it. Do See it. how it works. I want
1: my mid-champion.
0: And yes, it'll give the live crowds nothing. But you already give the live crowds nothing. <laughs> okay, so speaking of fights that someone wrote, we got a segue wrote, somehow. And wrote. And wrote, and wrote, and wrote. Alright, just for our context, because you can usually jump into Hell context-free, we are on a journey. This is episode two of the Uzumaki ad. You are so in love with that name, and it, that positive energy really boosts me. The Uzumaki ad, which is a complete reread, not rewatch, which is why this is not just complaining about filler. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't fucking have it in me. But a complete reread of the original Naruto series. Uh,
1: we are doing ten episodes, seventy chapters each. I think it might be seven hundred and two chapters. So the final episode is going to be, you know,
0: plus a couple of chapters. I hope you can, I hope you can do that. I hope that that violation of the rules doesn't, you know, throw all of you into a deep and blackened rage. Anyway,
1: this is episode two, so that's going to be chapters
0: 71
1: through 140. When we last left off, we were in the
0: middle of the tuning exam arc. We specifically left off at the start of Sakura versus Eno, the fight this comic has been building to this whole time. Yes, that one. <laughs> Do you have any lingering thoughts about Sakura versus Eno?
1: I already touched it in in the last episode, but this fight is way better in the manga than it was in the anime. The anime did not adapt this fight well, in the slightest. The, The whole thing made it look like Sakura had been a bullying victim of Eno's for many years now after they were once friends, when in reality, they are still friends. They were friends. They are friends. They are now also rivals. They still respect one another. They're kind of like... They're playfully taunting one another throughout the match. And I think that... In that it's, it's understood in the manga that these are playful taunts. But then once all of these things became voice acted in the anime, it seemed...
0: <sighs> way more acrimonious. I've got to say... While I was detached from the emotional stakes of this by whatever, you know, emotional disorder I have... I'm trying to play the game, you know? I, I know, but... I found it much improved from its animated equivalent based on my lingering memory. Mostly on a character front, which matters when you're talking and talking and I'm flashing talking. back to your ninja childhoods. But I'm going to save that rant for a later fight, actually, because it, it annoyed me elsewhere. Which
1: ninja childhood flashback? Because I'm pretty sure every fight of some significance in this goddamn thing includes a ninja childhood flashback. Oh my fucking god, dinar
0: Okay, I guess we're doing this now. This is actually an odd one because it had this whole thing about how you have to try extra hard when you're a kunoichi because there are all these other... There's like a glass ceiling? Things to... More like they, they said that there's like this whole other axis to learn because you have to pre- learn to... Oh yeah, like the feminine arts. Yeah, yeah, to, pre- to blend in there and... It's a weird speech. It's not the same type of weird speech as the torture weird speech, but it's a weird speech because the conclusion makes sense, like, you know, the idea that it's hard to be a feeble ninja, but the logic tree it goes through there is has to be said, sort of like, wait, what?
1: No, there's, like, a lot of stuff in this particular manga that goes on a weird journey to get to what should have been a simple conclusion, I guess, yeah.
0: A bit of spaceman logic there that I'm...
1: I'm looking at a certain panel on your phone right now.
0: <laughs> okay, alright, so... As you can tell, Sakura versus Edo is not the most important thing in comics history to me. I want to talk about my favorite panel in Naruto. There might be a better one later. There might be a better one later. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> but, but right now, my favorite panel in Naruto. There is a fight between two characters. We're new to both of them, basically. In the grand scheme Fair, of things. Fairly new to both of these characters. We've met both of them before, but only briefly. One of them is a young blonde named tamari she carries on a giant fan it's a cool looking giant it's kind fan. of nice yeah it's like it's, it's kind of a fun little you know, gimmick of hers and the other girl is like a girl named ten ten she has like a weapon master gimmick and she's in this martial arts squad so you're kind of thinking okay the martial arts squad guys are kind of getting this push let's see what her very i have never seen a blowout <laughs> fucking... <laughs> it's a squash it stands out even more because naruto is the drag-out-the-fight manga. Yes, and this happens entirely off-screen. I'm not even making fun of it when I just say I enjoy this fucking image of no, this No, no, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> it <laughs> truly is. It's just, one of those just sort of leaned up against her silly fan, and the other one is just slumped over well, like a fucking dead deer. <laughs> she's
1: symbolically impaled upon the fan. Like, look at her. And... Look at her. That is the pose that someone who is impaled on a giant steak makes. That is what it's meant to suggest. Is that she has been impaled upon this fucking fan.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, a real, uh, it's a real 7-1 Germany-Brazil kind of moment. <laughs> Just little extra bits of context. This happened off-panel. The floor around them is just covered in her weapon master little gimmick things. Like, just covered in little traditional ninja weapons. All the shit that didn't work just now. All the shit that didn't work. Like, just, like, so many tendies spilled gently upon a basement floor. I can't remember if this fight ever got expanded upon in the anime. I hope they fucking didn't. I would be so ashamed of that. I, I
1: think my guess is that they did because, again, they needed to stretch the material as much as possible. And, yeah, you know, the anime... Again, just... Not the greatest adaptation of all time. Did the thing where, you know, the last three minutes become the first three minutes. And, you know, if they could expand
0: people talking for any amount of time, then they would. A character was talking and thinking and expositing about something else. Like, ooh, the next fight should be Sorry, And then
1: while they were talking and thinking and expositing, that fight already came and went. (laughs) Honest to God, I wish there was more shit in the manga like this. There's one... That I've read up to so far. There's one other instance almost entirely like this. And I'm going to give But the... it's even
0: after the time skip. We'll, we'll talk about it way uh, later. Because I like kicking his shin so much, I'm going to give the, the author full credit on this one. Mm-hmm. Because he also basically just goes through all the other fucking fights in this tournament. So it's not yes. so much a skip button. Some of them are longer than others. Uh, This... Trying to say something there, Sammy (laughs) Boy? Is there a thought lingering on the corner of your consciousness? It's like he was in on the joke with (laughs) Ten-Ten. Like, and the joke didn't even exist yet. So how could he be in on a joke that did not yet exist? The two things that make me think he saw into the joke, into the future of the joke of the swing getting more time than her (laughs) is the swing making a Sand Village cameo.
1: Oh yeah, it does.
0: It does. It, it does, does. Gara's getting bullied on a swing. Oof. <laughs> like bullying Ted Bundy when he's already Ted Bundy. I don't know what their fucking plan was. Speaking of Gara, I... he's the next big fight in this block of 70 chapters, right? Uh let's see. It's not a big fight but There's a Shikamaru, your boy, versus Oh, yeah, no, my fucking boy.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think my boy and my other boy, Shino, who I checked in the, like, not counting, like, the filler arcs of the anime. Just, like, what is shown in the manga? Completely, like, he's got zero L's. (laughs) Bug boy. For, like, put your money on him, guys. Good for you, good for you. I think but Shikamaru. I think he he actually has a little bit more page time, so he's he is allowed to lose every now and again. But he always looks really fucking good doing it, and he doesn't lose this
0: fight. So yeah, they start him off against Sound Girl, for whom the life of me I could not remember what her power. Wait, no, I remember she had bells. needles with bells on them, and I think the bells. Did something bad with chakra yeah, and. Well, it beats the fuck out of me. Yeah. <laughs> you're really worried about it. But that fight has a uh, fun finish where he has sort of stretched the creativity of his little. Which is like his power. thing. And he gets to show himself off as a schmott guy, so to speak. He's kind of
1: boost. Oh, yeah, no, Shiger He's the best. He's
0: <laughs> Morgan of uh, Vamp Stamps oh in God. New York for your weeaboo tattooing needs, has just entered with the observation that throughout the run of this, uh, Shikamaru is kind of based. At At, at one point, he has someone on the ropes and declares that he is their god now. Great.
1: (laughs) Right, Right? What a fucking...
0: By the way, this is sort of getting at a later idea of mine, but there's kind of a weird duality in Naruto going forward, in my opinion, at times, which is the stuff that is kind of less important... Just sort of tends to come off better in this. No, I see what you're saying. I, I, I do see what you're saying. I think like I think about how he ends up handling like a lot of the Saliske stuff, right? And I almost wonder if the degree to which it is dialed up to eleven emotionally constantly is just due to how much in the back of the creator's mind saying, thinking, I have to make this element work. <laughs> they have to understand this. This has to be cool. But that might be me trying to overanalyze the whole thing. No, it's a good point because
1: it is a good point. I think the stuff that is front and center often feels like he's trying so very hard to make it work, and
0: often trying too hard to make it work. I, I, I'm definitely like with you there. And it's kind of me getting ahead of myself, but just to forecast my opinions, I think it's my whole problem of the entire pain sequence of this comic. We'll get there I guess okay I, I
1: I know I know the pain sequence only by reputation fair enough um but here, here's here's a, a conversation that we could potentially have about this whole fucking thing uh the tournament arc right the, the tournament arc one, one of, of the, the, the most talked about fucking uh plot structures in anime mm-hmm. so how's this one compared to
0: What other, like, big tournament arcs are there? Other big tournament arcs? I mean, there's the eternal classic, like, Tenkaichi Budokai, whatever thing that Dragon Ball is up to, and it's sort of early runs and later runs. Um, uh,
1: There's the Black Tournament from Yu Yu Hakusho, a classic, as always.
0: This is 10%. Um, The Black Tournament, you had the whole sports day thing in Hiroaka. You had Negima's endless help. I don't know what ken akamatsu's destiny is what he is meant to do in this life but i don't think it was nagima it's a good question i don't even know if it's happened it's it's a great question let's see yeah baki engages very heavily the whole basically two long drawn out tournaments that are sort of considered two of its best runners by people
1: uh the entire second
0: half of g gundam is a tournament arc that is very true that is very true God, I feel like I'm forgetting something hyper relevant, but at least that gives us a good sampling here. Sure. All right, so looking at those, how does this stack up? I guess maybe I should look at the elements before I grade the whole thing, or should I just give my my overall impression here. Is it generally understood that Yu Yu Hakusho is kind of the gold standard here, at least out of our pool? Yeah, like out of the ones. Some that we people have... love. I think maybe for, like, a sort of bouncier, more vibrant adventure, maybe you'll enjoy the Dragon Ball one more, depending on who you are. But the but Yu Yu Hakusho, I... like, for our generation's kind of standards and tastes.
1: Sure, yeah. And I definitely wouldn't hold it against someone for enjoying the Dragon Ball one more, certainly. I, like, I think, I don't think that Dragon Ball, back before the Z got added to it, strained one's patience as much.
0: I did not have my basket of gripes. That's a uh, YouTube joke. There, he talks about Dragon Ball, whatever. But yeah, the Yu Yu Hakusho one in terms of growth within the tournament structure, using the one-off fights to a fun extent, the setup around things being amusing, having the little side plot outside of the tournament, which every tournament thing basically does. I'm yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I'm I mean, there was sketchy, the um, I'm a sketchy dude fucking around in the background.
1: Well, yeah, and there was like the Shoto subplot that was happening in the Hiroaka,
0: uh tournament arc. Yeah, which by the way is an interesting distinction in baki because he does not give a shit about things that are not this tournament <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh yeah politics i don't give a fuck what they're in I, I don't know they're in japan some of these people are from america or russia i guess okay look we got some punching to talk about baki's a f- whole other universe it's just another standards. it's just another
1: thing entirely yeah where are the deficiencies and where does it excel I think the deficiencies, I, if I may. Okay. It does a whole lot of work in the moment, through flashbacks, to get you to care about the participants. um. Which kind of speaks to how he had this arc take place a little bit too early. Now, here's the thing. We are at the point in the manga, in the story's run, when this is the perfect time for something as... With stakes as comparatively low as the tuning exam arc. However, on the other side of that coin is the fact that many of these characters, we're really getting to know them only through their appearances in these
0: fights. So we cannot have really known them long enough to care about them yet. So this is that thing again where we have kind of reached a similar conclusion of different logic trains. I would disagree with the roots here. I'm not sure about this stuff taking place too early because we are 70 pages of con 70, not pages, 70 chapters of content in. That represents somewhere over 140 pages. Like, if there, are least, these chapters are at least 20 pages. 20 pages, a, oh, more than that. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of narrative time. And honestly, these people are... Into... I know you said narrative time, but you didn't quite pronounce the V, so it became narrative time. That's a problem. And these people are into talking about what they are about enough that you kind of couldn't got, you could have gotten most of the people's thing through here. I think that, and I said this last time, but the combination of declaring what you're about at length, being discussed at length outside of the fight, and flashing back in the middle of the fight, just draws out every beat of everything. You know what? We're talking about the trade of this as a tournament, I'm going to go to well remembered. My favorite choreography in this tournament, not actually my favorite fight because I am sort of almost bleeding from the Ozzy of thing I'm talking about happening, but the Rockley versus Gara thing, mm-hmm. it has the opportunity, it has the spots. It has even the psychology and just the structured match to be so potentially cool yeah. and no one will shut up no one will shut their fucking mouth <laughs> they won't even shut up mentally they have to and i'm just like please let me enjoy this one you, you started the second they did the thing it's almost an anime cliche because i'm pretty sure dragon ball does some version of the fucking weight training thing throw them off the fucking stuff splits but he just draws it and paces it out in such a fun way, and it characterizes the guy as like this fucking super underdog, yeah, <laughs> tossing off the weights and splits something and it just—I am totally with you in that moment. Yeah, no, that that whole that I, sequence there works so well, and I don't know. Why you would do that, and then have three pages of, oh, you know, when he threw off those weights, he actually works really hard by walking around with those weights on all the time. And the reason that he's normally slower than he is now is because, you see, he has these weights, and weights are heavy. Heaviness is a ninja technique invented by Ulysses' weight in the there, 1830s.
1: There's this there's this moment that happens where he takes off the weights, he drops the weights. So, Somewhat like Kakashi's, like, oh, he's been wearing training weights. Yeah, yeah, okay, so he's taking them off. That commentary... Sure, yeah, fine, whatever. When he drops the weights, they make this big boom when they hit the ground so that you, the audience, get this indication that, oh, these were extremely fucking heavy weights. They both, like, when he dropped them, they kicked up this giant fucking cloud of dust.
0: And then they told us, wow, those were some really heavy weights. Shut up! Shut up, please! And that scene, that scene taught me why these ten episodes exist. They taught me why there's the most divisive, divisive fucking manga anime whatever thing in a while. Because it has both that scene where he drops the weights and the explanation afterwards. And that just meant there would be two camps of people arguing forever. There's... That's the thing.
1: There's there's a... There's this edited down version of Naruto, which ends up being probably about... About a hundred chapters shorter. There's an edited down version of Naruto. A hundred chapters shorter which is the coolest fucking manga that's, you know, maybe not say- the coolest, but, like, one of the cooler mangas that's ever been written. And is the version of Naruto that just
0: doesn't have all of the fucking talking in the middle of fights. I almost want... Can we make Genndy Tartakovsky do the next yeah, adaptation? for fucking real. It would be a fascinating switch. Before I go back to the um, Lee-Gara fight, just because that one was interesting, maybe we'll come back to it, but... I'm, I'm looking through my notes slash several pictures here because I just took some highlight pages for myself because we read the manga here. Okay, sure. And one of the best examples of the chattery in the middle of this tournament that is driving me to a distraction and exists to some extent in a lot of these tournaments we talk about—it's all over some of the Hiroaka New Yohaku Show stuff. Mm-hmm. But the extent here is there is a moment, and it's in the Naruto Kiba fight. Okay. Now the thing that's significant about this one is it is basically supposed to be a small like just story of Naruto growing mentally, right? Like, he's getting smarter, is the whole thing. Yeah. He's using ninja tricks, he can do more ninja tricks, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those puzzle box fights that he likes that, again, for better works, it basically turns these fights into sort of an IQ contest, which yeah. is way better than a power level off, so I will... I mean, he's got that on Bleach. <laughs> this is true. And there's one moment where he does a simple, clever thing, this... So the guy he's fighting can basically turn his dog into him to fight as a doubles team, right? Sure. And the whole crux of the story is Naruto used to suck at turning into a copy of a person. Yeah. And he turns into a copy of the guy. So no one, so the other two don't know who to attack. Super simple, smart stuff. Shows his growth. Then, there's a point of being building's hard. You probably could even see my phone, so I you probably even know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. Then they have Sakura explain it. Which is bad enough. With a fucking diagram. I shit you not. <laughs> there is a diagram here. I I might make this the picture for the episode. No, it might. No, nope, no. The tamo, the the Tentanode thing. But there is a diagram. Actually, there are two diagrams of his trick. It's, it's, it takes up half a page. <laughs> and they're labeled like Naruto as Kiba, Kiba as dog, dog as Kiba. I know...
1: I know, I know you're proud 14, of
0: this. I know you're proud of this. I know you're proud of,
1: like, having come up with this fun little twist in the fight. I know it probably took a good 15 or 20 minutes or so for you to do so. I'm, I'm proud of you. That was cool. Why are you making it not cool? Why are you <laughs> making this lame for me? Why are you making it hard for me like this? Stop making it f- so fucking difficult for me like this.
0: And I know that this... Might seem kind of prescriptive in terms of how you layout fights. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. It annoys the piss out of me. But here's where it becomes a problem, and it's maybe where we'll just start getting to the later fights here. It's because it's what he also does with ideas. Ideas and character beats also get this treatment, mm-hmm. and that really hurts my experience of it. Because I should say, by the way, for the overall, you know, block by block chapter, this whole in Exam thing, to my memory. Along with one or two fights and the whole Sasuke rescue thing, I'm pretty sure this is remembered as just one of the stronger sequences in the whole. The
1: cheating exam, yeah, I would say what the the land of waves arc. Most of the stuff before the time skip tends to be very well remembered. If there is a weak spot, it is an arc that we have yet to cover so far of all the arcs that happened pre time skip. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. it's an arc that has yet to be covered. Uh, so I won't I won't really mention it.
0: Fair's, fair's enough. Fair's enough. But yeah, this is the one that everyone loves. And I guess you just start to see you are on that whole franchise original sin trope kind of thing, and I, kind of get it. Yeah, just stuff that has always been there. It would seem. So when I say they do have character B2, let's go back to the whole Gara Lee fight, right? Yeah, Lee's zipping around. Everyone says, man, he worked really hard to get this strong, look at those weights. Then we flash back, he's working hard on his taijutsu, whatever everything. And hey man, look at those weights. And then look at those weights. And then there is his mentor like coming to admire him, like, you are a genius of hard work. And you know what? That's not even a bad panel. I'm like, okay, yeah, a genius of hard work, heading against the tree, I'm a little bit sort of tearing up. Cut here. Then we go to his reaction to damn am i really a genius of hard work because i've been working really hard and i'm like oh my god
1: are they paid by the page because like if they're paid by the page they're paid by the chapter
0: i don't know if it's so much paid by the page as much as just the eternal darkness of the and jump deadline because that's the thing this it stops being fun when you acknowledge where all of these
1: cliches come from and why all of them exist, then it stops being fun. Because it's no longer
0: the author's fault. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's not quite as fun to kick at this thing. Shackle said, yeah, you know, you just have to draw 25 pages in seven days. And hey, have you ever tried that, dear reader? <laughs> because the blood will be leaking from your eyes. Oh, you have two assistants. Good. The blood will only leak from one eye. <laughs> or it will leak, leak it from one of each of
1: your eyes. <laughs> A little bit. Not... If it was just... Two, if it was just two eyes, if it was just one set of eyes, oh man, would there be some fucking ocular leakage?
0: But if you leak enough blood, you unlock your stronger eye technique. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Gara Lee fight. I'm kind of interested in Gara in this. Not as a character, but as a construct, because he is, as we established in the last episode, the edgiest boy in the world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there, there's a hard... It, 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 it's hard for me to find an edgier boy than our, than our boy Gaara. Maybe... And... Does he have any competition in Bleach?
0: Kimpachi. Kampachi's pretty fucking edgy. Bleach's Edge doesn't necessarily feel the need to extend it into every life experience the character has ever had. Often because he hasn't thought through every life experience the character has ever had. True enough. Except with, um... What the fuck is the name of the heart guy? Okiora? Yeah. It's there. (laughs) But, uh... Gara. A.K.A., You know Naruto's Shadow, the Hedgehog, by intent.
1: There, there's an, there's an interesting thing storytelling-wise that they did with Gara, which I kind of liked. Mm-hmm. Um, but which is, they kind of, really, really. They build up this fight that's gonna happen between Gara and Sasuke. Yeah. Um, and then. Eventually, I think within these 70 chapters, because the sev- these 70 chapters do also um, include the entire invasion uh, arc, right? Yeah. yeah. So they build up this fight that needs to happen, that's going to happen between Sasuke and Gara. They get about halfway through this fight before the fight is interrupted because, you know, it's on now, motherfuckers. They go back to this fight. Again, all all you're hearing is that it's gonna be, like, you and me at <laughs> WrestleMania. And, and then, towards the end of the Invasion arc, beats him. Real fucking easy. Beats Sasuke. Real goddamn <laughs> easy. And here comes fucking Chris Benoit. <laughs> and because this has really it's... been about him versus Naruto this whole time. And I, on a storytelling level, I kind of like that. I kind of like He's... how he didn't even consider that, you know, his actual... Um, biggest threat right here like the guy who was actually
0: always meant to fight was was Naruto we're, we're, we're at the stage of the comic here where the superstructure is basically still intact because the long term story here is basically they kept repeating the beat of Naruto wants to be the big hero fucks up the save be the big hero fuck up the save be the hero fuck the save and this was the arc where he finally got to you know be the like, guy like be the guy and like go over clean even go over clean save genius boy like I will count uh, good I will count Naruto's fight with
1: Gara towards the end of uh, towards the end of these 70 chapters as one of my favorite fights
0: in the series. Like he it, just does it clean. He does it clean. It might slightly benefit from the fact that the toad's powers are as simple as stabbing things with its large sword. He jumped, he toad. <laughs> <laughs> he jumped, he toad, he have sword. We got to talk about Neji here. We got to talk about we got to talk about Neji and for, for what I've been making fun of Gaara for this might surprise you on the sort of edge nihilism spectrum aside from his stupid stupid flashback and backstory Neji's kind of the closest without going over I yeah, he he kind of has the best heel work in this arc that isn't just breaching like crow monologues I I would actually call him the best bad guy of this arc
1: Right, of the tuning exam arc.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And then, like, we end up with a couple more bad guys. I mean, I guess Gara is a bad guy in this arc, and he ends up being the final bad guy in the uh, invasion arc, slash, you know, Snake Boy is also there. I don't know.
0: All all the Snake Boy stuff. But but I would say, of this arc, yes, Neji is the best villain. It's paced out in an interesting way. I think one thing that benefited him immensely and maybe just spared him a little exposition, though not much, was just having the whole Henyatta with the sort of same power base fight before it, other than, you know, the obvious emotional beats, ha 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 ha, slap girl around, slap girl around, slap girl around, look at what a dick I am. I think just positioning him against someone with the literal same power set actually just lends credibility to the sort of usual genius wank.
1: Yes, it also helps that his whole thesis, right is the most directly in opposite to Naruto and what he believes and where he's coming
0: from. Not only most directly opposite, but I want to say for my money, the least arbitrary feeling. When I say arbitrary, I need to be very specific with the language we're meeting here. Are we talking I mean, about... We're talking about Gara again. Oh, we could also be talking about Sasuke too. Okay, Sasuke is a borderline, like, he had a stroke and has a different personality now situation. It, it does feel like that sometimes, yeah. Gaara at least had a straight personality, but... I've been reading The Count of Monte Cristo. It's one of the most famous revenge stories. The fucking research that you do for this. Right? Because it's one of the most famous revenge stories in literary history. And one of the interesting things about Count of Monte Cristo is, for the opening conspiracy, like, a lot of stuff has to fall into place sort of in a specific way. And the book survives the line, but it's kind of close. And you you, you almost feel the hand of the universe and like this guy getting screwed over so he can take his revenge later. Sure. And I have a small kind of rule now for revenge stories and Mm backstories. If it takes more cosmic spite or coincidences than the first 100 pages of the Count of Monte Cristo, (laughs) then you've got a fucking problem. What I'm trying to say here... Is that, and I'm sure for some of you, it's the saddest piece of literature you've ever read. When Gara's aunt also tries to murder him, I kind of started to laugh my dick off. That's his uncle. Oh no no um, his mother's sister was his like caretaker. No no that that. And then his uncle. What? That's his.
1: <laughs> it's just very
0: effeminate. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Goddamn. Okay. So when is uncle? Miyakuba. I learned this.
1: Like, no, no, no. I thought it was... I, <laughs> I thought he was too.
0: And then I happened to just, like, come by a character list at one point. What? his uncle just takes his, the hit job too. it would be like if in The Count of Monte Cristo, his bygone beloved Mercedes just pulled a hand crossbow out from under her dress and also just shot him in both kneecaps no you know what it is you know what it is it's a fucking Doofenshmirtz backstory (laughs)
1: like Gara's uncle trying to kill him is a fucking Heinz Doofenshmirtz backstory that he
0: relays to Perry the platypus it is that hyperbolically cruel (laughs) okay but we were trying to focus on the Neji thing sure yeah his backstory has a stupid retcon. But as originally told, at least I don't know. Actually, I don't really care so much about Neji's backstory. I did think his delivery of his thesis stuff is Yeah, done in no, a fun no, way. like
1: the, the backstory is almost ancillary to just how much he fucking believes the things that he is saying when he
0: is saying them to Hinata and then Naruto. Yeah. Also, I it's just ultimately it's a it's a merger of um, you know, visuals that I kind of just like the specific like empty eyed scowl that he draws on Neji's weird eye thing. Yeah.
1: I remember Neji has a uh he has a swastika on his forehead. Mm-hmm. Now it is the buddhist version of the swastika. Um I remember he definitely did not have that in the U.S. version of the anime. I don't know what they did. I don't know if it
0: was like an orange in the new black box or something. I think I think they just kind of airbrushed it out. I think they put a different symbol there because it they was put a, a different It's important symbol. because it's their super doomed death seal brain yeah. destroying thing. Fucking Nazis, man. They ruined
1: swastika's I
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's funny to say out loud. A- a- among other things <laughs> There was other stuff that they did. I guess his sort of bit at least gets to evolve between the two rounds of the tournament too.
1: Yes. It feels the most like there is a coherent conversation going on with his fight with Naruto. Out of all the fights that we saw in the last 70 chapters and these 70 chapters, it feels the most like, here is thesis,
0: here is antithesis, antithesis, lord... And I guess it's just that line of credibility between, like, we have this social structure, some people excel, some people are, are stuck, live with it. And like, Versus, I need to kill people to feel alive. alive. Which, you know, you sort of can easily reject on its face because what you're saying is, I need to kill squirrels to come. Which <laughs> is a philosophical argument. Like, maybe you do.
1: You're still a fucking weird psychopath. <laughs> And so, yeah, no, because I need to kill people to feel alive just has absolutely nothing to do with anything that Naruto is about. It has nothing to do with anything that Rock Lee is about, right? Mm. When Gara is in combat and in conversation with both of these characters, it doesn't really mean
0: anything that he believes these things because, again, it, it, it just... <sighs> like, just laid out on paper. I can overcome my weaknesses by working hard versus I need to kill squirrels to come. There's not really an adversarial, like, it could both be true that you need to kill squirrels to come and he needs to yeah, train to get stronger.
1: It's like, it's they're, they're not mutually exclusive. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: So, I don't really... I'm sorry. I don't really understand. We said it last episode. He's so fucking cool until he opens his fucking mouth. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the 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 Garabit is uh, troubled in that way. <laughs> All right, so we say Neji's heel thing works here. Divided topic. What do you think of Hinata's mini underdog arc there? It like almost All right, there's works like, for there's something me. Something it almost works. Be- there's, there's
1: something that I've been needing to get off my fucking chest for a while now. Do it. Hinata looks like she's... She always looks like she's about to ask if you want to watch her (laughs) pee. And like... I don't know what to do about this. It's deeply uncomfortable for me. (laughs) Because I don't, in fact, want to watch
0: her do anything. Oh, God, now I'm just seeing that, like, fingers-push-together expression in my head. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, it's a really fucking hard sell. And she knows it. Sorry to bother you, but how would you feel? (laughs) Hey, so, you know, we've been
1: going out for a little while. (laughs) No, no, they haven't. They haven't. That's what
0: makes it so hard of a sell. (laughs) Do you remember that video I sent you ironically? (laughs) I wasn't being ironic. (laughs) <laughs> would you be cool if watching me
1: <laughs> and maybe this is entirely a me problem maybe this is my own shit
0: right here that well, I'm projecting onto this character what you're saying is a very funny version of she is hyper obsequious and it's supposed to be a character trait but it's taken to the point it's annoying you know I hadn't thought about it that hard Okay, well, from the outside looking in of she looked like she's about to ask you watch her feet. There's a thing where she lacks confidence and is cloying, which is a story you could tell, but this rendition is a little oopsified.
1: They, they lay it pretty thick, yeah.
0: Oh, in but her, her fight... fight with Neji's good, though. Yeah. I like it. I think it's a in good fact, fight. Here's a weird backhanded compliment, because that's my relationship with Naruto, basically. Mm-hmm. Her starter point as a character is so fucking annoying. Her saying, I don't want to be like that person. I'm almost there doing with the Gaijin for, Kobuk. Yes! yes! <laughs> be less of an annoying bitch. You can do it. Please, I believe in you. <sighs> Maybe there's just always money at the kick-out at two tree. She looks good in defeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you, you might wonder what they're going to do with that later, to which the answer is mostly oh she does not have a fight again before the
1: time skip just laying it out there for you I have reached the time skip in the manga she barely even appears again I almost kind of see why the filler arcs exist in the the anime now like at the very least all the side characters get a little bit more characterization if poorly written (laughs) non-canon characterization
0: Poorly ridden, non-canon, occasionally derailing and burying. Deeply
1: annoying to have to, like, watch them go through it and nothing... Act- the plot never actually advances. Yeah. And then apparently it just got so much worse than Chaputin. I was gone by then.
0: Sometimes you have to evacuate. Sometimes... For the sake of you, whatever children you're protecting, your dreams for the future, you just got to run. Like, I
1: needed to do what was best for me at that moment.
0: Yeah. In this, um, sort of pause between, you know, Neji, we're probably going to get into the round two fights for a second. Yeah. I just wanted to, um, point out a, uh, small moment between, um, sort of rounds one and two that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. It's, a uh, this exchange. I think you have to point this out. Yeah, I I was the, because too.
1: it's great. It's fucking, It's a fantastic, please, just right, so, uh, character
0: exchange there. <laughs> Puppet guys trying to gather their intel, you know, just talking up the the leaf ninja guys. And there's this conversation where he says to Naruto, You're a funny guy. I like that. And uh Mr. Spikey here says, Well, you're not funny at all, and I don't like that. <laughs> and that's just legitimately normal funny.
1: <laughs> it's just so fucking good. And it was it was while they were drawing Naruto with his eyes shut a lot, they stopped doing that entirely as of the time skip.
0: Unfortunate, it, by my which book. like
1: like definitely to the character's detriment. I love how they had their main Shonen
0: character look just a little bit different, like that. I don't know what it is with some of these like Shonen long runners, but there's a sort of pasteurization of the character. You can sort of see it in the skill, the stills, even. He becomes so much more square jaw, um,
1: which I guess is an improvement over uh, what's his face uh. Ichigo Kurosaki, who became way more pointy-jaw after the time skip.
0: It reminds me of those comparisons between Japanese and European game boxes and American ones, where it's, like, scowling Kirby, like, trying to look hardcore.
1: Oh, yeah, where they will draw the angry eyebrows on (laughs) Kirby
0: for the box art, yeah. And I don't know, because... The sort of cartooning type stuff is a strength of his. It's just unfortunate to see that go away from the person you will see the most often in this comic. What, Sasuke? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it was too easy. Well, you know, it, uh, what's the old Radiohead thing? It's because you do, do it to, to yourself. yourself. You do. Something I found kind of interesting, by the way. This is after the round two fights, but whatever. Just talk about small things for a second. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to get your take on this. I was surprised, because a lot of the expository stuff is kind of annoying, but I was actually interested in the very, compared to everything else that gets expounded on, incredibly brief description of the political motivations for this war on the Sand Village side.
1: Yeah, yeah, me too. And this whole, like,
0: village in decline thing, like, they're just sort of materially and economically pushed into doing this. Yeah. Or so we are led to believe. Or at least they or at least they believe. I mean, the whole thing's like some kind of galaxy brain Orochimaru thing. Flaw of this, actually. And I don't know if it... Okay, tell me this is just me or this is your experience. Did you care less about the Orochimaru shit than everything else happening? That question has a slightly elongated answer. Um, it's a slightly elongated podcast. Our last episode was an hour and 30 minutes long. Believe me, I edited it. And we all appreciate the work that you do. So, here's the thing.
1: That whole justification, that whole political justification for why the Sand Village is doing this, that had to have come down from Orochimaru, you know, impersonating the Kazakage, right? Right. So, insofar as him having the political acumen to come up with that, that's interesting. But he yeah. never actually does it on screen. This is just a conversation that needed to have happened at one point, where the yeah. Kazekage, who is actually Orochimaru, who has killed the Kazekage, comes up with this whole thing and gets everyone on board, right? He manages to sort of, you know, um, kind of demagogue his way into getting them to stage what ends up being this, like, horribly ill-conceived, utter failure of an attack upon Konoha. Pure right? windmill tilt. Like, really, really just, just like, you, you need... To...
0: Vision mailed.
1: Well, it it is January 6th today. He told us to go (laughs) march on the Capitol. That in itself is interesting. But this is only a conversation that had to have happened. And I don't even, I'm not even convinced that Kishimoto realized that this conversation had to have happened. Because he seems far more interested in uh, Orochimaru just kind of sneering at the third Hokage. Fair enough,
0: fair enough. I guess one function of the whole Orochimaru combo is just elevating this idea that reaching that Hokage position is this sort of holy moment or coveted role in the thing. I suppose, I don't know, the more that Orochimaru appears in this thing, the
1: less interesting he gets for me. It's a problem, and I guess I was kind of getting at because... Maybe, maybe Kishimoto eventually realized that, and it's why he phased him out as the main antagonist after a while.
0: That's a fair question, like, was the whole Kaguya hidden Uchiha spoilers, I guess if you're reading along or whatever, thing always the original plan, hard to say? I have my own thoughts about the whole Madara thing that we'll get to as time rolls on. Yeah, I, uh, a lot of people have got thoughts about that one. I would say that mine are perhaps less incisive and more of a what is happening fucking here? Fucking what? <laughs> I was definitely more non-plus than irate, but that's its own other thing. Though, so actually, hold on. Before we go to the second round, let's just tie back to the original question. How do you feel about all this as a tournament specifically, like that narrative construct? So the thing is that it never gets to finish, right? It does not get to finish. So you're left to... We kind of get the finals, but it does not get to finish.
1: You're kind of left to... uh I think you're left to conclude that it wasn't important. Maybe. But, like, if it wasn't important, then why did we just spend this amount of time on it?
0: Or am I wrong? If it makes you feel any less irritated with that aspect of it, we ultimately do get a version of how Puppet Boy and Bug Boy would have gone.
1: Yeah. Well, they get their makeup match. They
0: get their makeup match. Also, Tamari Shino wins lol. know yeah, Shino wins lol. We do get the we do get the Tamari Shikamaru thing in a very with a very amusing finish. I'm going somewhere at this point. Mm-hmm. Follow me here. The things that were basically in question were just the Gara versus Sasuke, Naruto versus whoever wins that thing. We basically sort of get proxy versions of those conflicts with Sasuke getting surprise trampled and the people, like, basically made it up their seeds, like Naruto and Gaara. We actually do...
1: They do get their fight, right? They do
0: get their fight. And then And you might say, you know, wait, didn't we sort of get gypped out of, like, whoever Tamari would have fought, which is true. Tamari is a girl in Naruto, so I feel like they might have gotten chumped out, so she might be better off at this point.
1: So here's the thing about Tamari, is that she gets a pop or two <laughs> in the Sasuke retrieval arc. There sure. is... One of my favorite moments in the Sasuke Retrieval arc is hers. So I think she is one of the only characters to really truly break through the glass ceiling in this, uh in this thing.
0: Because lord knows, spoiler alert, Tsunade kinda doesn't. It is really funny that she kind of gets further up that scale than Tsunade did Benfunky, for all yeah. for all the hype. Man, informed ability is a fascinating thing in anime truly so we have the whole round two thing Mm oh should we we should go over jiraiya before that i guess oh yeah i guess we need to introduce jiraiya here right yeah all right so we get our third mentor of naruto which raises certain structural questions and how you put this thing together but whatever likes mentors kishimoto likes mentors he likes mentors okay it can be done well and how do you feel about jiraiya as a character why don't you
1: tell me, and then I'll uh, I'll assemble my thoughts while you're telling me that. I in thought- our
0: personal meme parlance, as far as mentor characters go, I would describe Jiraiya as pretty good. He's pretty good. He, he serves his purpose. He serves his purpose. Like it's not on the level of like a oh god, what was the name of um the former alchemist mentor Izumi. Izumi. It's not on the it's not on the level of an Izumi where it's like thematically woven in in a elegant way. There's a shoehorn like. Echoes of duos throughout history of famous ninja thing that I find it really hard to care about that.
1: So every other ninja trio that isn't, like, the main three that exists in a flashback has to be some version of the Naruto-Sasuke-Sakura permutation. And, like, after the first one, we get it. I get it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... Because later on there's, like, the Kakashi flashback arc, and... Lo and behold... (laughs) Yeah, I find it maybe harder to care about that aspect of his character. Raw personality, he just makes muster. I'm not super attached to his whole gag pervert gimmick.
1: He's less in least sex not... past than I remember. I, that... I think the
0: anime actually added like grabby stuff. I think that might be why. Could be.
1: He could be. It could have also been that like he he did grabby shit in the filler.
0: That's another thing. I think also
1: like he's just... not Mineta. I think, not Min- not- I, I
0: think, like, Mineta might, in fact, be the worst one in recent memory for me, at the very least. And the execution of the joke in this comic is generally, like, Naruto thinks he's paying attention to the hot springs, but the guy's actually sort of looking over his shoulder. I'm looking good. All right, back to this. And it's, <laughs> which is amusing. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm trying to say that Jiraiya is just above functional. Yeah, Because functional is basically an insult. You're just saying it does a thing, but he's he has a little color. But I'm just not.
1: He's never annoying, but he's never exceptionally entertaining.
0: Yeah, I find the way the frogs are drawn very amusing, and I declare them a welcome addition to my comic experience. I know that's your experience of the, of the dogs. I like the frog thing.
1: Yeah, well, I like, I like the frogs too, but I like the dogs a lot. I like I like.
0: It doesn't appear yet, so I'm not going to talk about it yet. Do you think there's some kind of cultural in-joke that the, the, the frogs are also Yakuza, or is that just idiosyncratic fun shit? I don't know. I think it's fun. Yeah, I it's think fun. it's fun that the frogs are Yakuza. Here's a
1: thing that I enjoy about Jiraiya, is that I really like his dynamic with Naruto, and how Naruto is just so amazingly not enamored with him. <laughs> <laughs> and how Naruto does not let him have anything really in terms of like i ah, guess it is i the great jiraiya one of the three sennin and naruto is just completely unimpressed the entire time is like man would you pay attention I, I saw you looking down
0: that woman's shirt it's weird that it that does more for the character than all the times people are ranting about how important things he or the other two said in legendary kohona fat 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 whatever I swear to God. It's like the comic is schizophrenic sometimes when it gets right and wrong. Yes. I don't know. It's. It has this.
1: Or almost, I guess, has this thing with characters and their deficiencies, I guess, mm-hmm. where it almost understands that that's what makes these characters the most interesting. hmm. For instance, right? You've got Jiraiya, who's apparently this legendary ninja or whatever, and the most entertaining thing about him is the fact that, you know, he cannot impress a 12-year-old.
0: Yes. (laughs) Whatever, old man. Alright, so, now that we've covered Jiraiya, we can actually talk about the second round matches. Sorry about that, people. I'm just trying to stay semi-organized here. There's a lot of ground to cover. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't believe another 70 chapters of fucking content, whatever. Remember, like, the Evisu bait-and-switch? I wonder if that was intended as a bait-and-switch.
1: It had to have been, because he needed to find a way to introduce Jiraiya without having Jiraiya just come out
0: of fucking nowhere and
1: be like, It's I!
0: That seemed intentional, rather than, like, a last-minute-changing-his-mind kind of thing. Yeah, you don't just accidentally
1: invent Jiraiya.
0: Yeah. That design was poking around notebooks... So we get back in this tournament proper. There's a whole Neji fight that we've talked about. And it's good. Also, I like, like it. A, I think it's a very good fight, in fact. It's a good fight. And because I enjoyed the fight itself, even... No, not even the mid-fight. but I didn't even like the mid-fight flashback. But what I want to talk about in terms of bugging the crap out of me is the post-fight flashback. Oh, yes, yes, that. Because it's something that... I might be wrong, but it kind of becomes a habit of Naruto. But it is a flashback that is so determined to tie things up in a neat little bow in terms of Neji's character progression that it just robs it of a lot of the interest. Yeah, like, why didn't you just kill him off after this? His character arc is done now. <laughs> like, if they had said, he died of a broken heart, i am like, damn. Life's like that sometimes. <laughs> Instead of... Without going into granular detail, there is this whole thing where... There was this whole injustice in his background, right? There's injustice in his background, and it basically does this hyper retcon where actually it wasn't an injustice; it was a sacrifice. It wasn't. It wasn't injustice. Your dad. Your dad sacrificed his life, and your uncle tried to stop him because he really loved his brother, who he used brain eat no jutsu on at one point. And so it. Uh, this resolves Neji's entire reason for being the way that he is. It's crazy to me that it is on multiple levels. There are a few kinds of logic, and this one irritates me on each of these scenes. Let's, say, let's separate narrative logic, emotional logic, and that sort of, like, cinema sins, whatever kind of logic. In fact, let's skip the cinema sins. Let's focus on narrative and emotional <laughs> logic. Sure. In just the emotional logic of the thing... The cool thing about him was that he almost has a point, right? Sure. Like, all this bad shit happened about him, and he just lets it get to him. He took it too far. Yeah. Having reality distort itself around him being wrong not only robs him being wrong of interest, but it almost, like, undermines the actual triumph of... The fight is more of a... It's sort of a man-versus-society thing where Neji is just the impulses and standards of this society. And and naruto is trying to rosy riveter saying no nah, man it doesn't have to be, be this shit and then just saying that these problems basically did not exist for this character also is to me in just before you even get if it makes sense or not that this happened is just i'm gonna try to avoid the words bad writing because maybe there is some universe where you just land that threat but it does not sit right in the enjoyment of the thing
1: well it just neuters the power of the character I think that there was a thing that they could have done very very simple little change that they could have made where you could even have that whole flashback that robs all of you know the injustice from the character's backstory and the only thing that you have to change is neji's reaction to this revelation his reaction canonically was being oh okay so my father did die a hero man maybe that naruto kid was on to something what you could have done is have him be like, what the fuck are you telling me this for? He's still fucking dead and I still fucking hate you.
0: That would have had way stronger legs. Here's here's you giving me this
1: shit now, like, ten years later. And here's me, still furious, in need of
0: ten years of therapy. And I didn't get any of it. Fuck you, old man. Which feeds into, I was talking about that other stream of logic. The sort of borderline cinemas angle. I'm not going to dwell on this one because maybe it's not as fair. Mm-hmm. Do you think at some point in the last 10 years of this kid becoming a fucking serial murderer, it might have occurred to you to say, hey, by the way, it's, just, it's not that deep. Do you think that's something you would have done before you had, I don't know, the chance to beat your daughter half to death? <laughs> I would have said something before then. Or maybe even afterwards. Maybe even after you beat my daughter half to death, I would have thought, okay. You don't feel neutral about this. <laughs> Let's have a talk. Fuck. Even if it wasn't true, I might have lied and said it happened that way. That by. Way, if you're a fan fiction person, I would be very interested to just see what that fan fiction short story is. If the guy was just making that shit up about his dad give, sacrificing himself. Glad that one worked. <laughs> I think he bought it. <laughs> All right. So. The Shikamaro Tamari thing sort of makes him.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that is if you are not already into his character, then you are into his character when you get to the finish of that fight, which I guess to spoil it, because we are going through this entire fucking thing, we're gonna spoil it. Which is he sort of has her dead to rights, just outsmarts her and is like, Well, I'm out of chakra. That's it, <laughs> <laughs> because it's great. not important to him.
0: It is the lazy bradyac version of Steve Austin on the ropes, just <laughs> <laughs> like oh, shut up, shut out of juice. Good fight. And I guess Kishimoto even knew he had a strong moment there <laughs> enough that he made him the only one that graduated from this whole thing later.
1: Yes, uh, that that was that was kind of. That was kind of a fun little touch right there. Uh, I don't think the two of them
0: ever, ever get their rematch. I think they do get married in the epilogue. I'm trying to imagine what that dynamic is like. I mean, good for the shipping quota. I wonder how satisfying or unsatisfying this whole experience is from a sort of shipping person's kind of... I oh, mean, do I don't you, care that deeply, but oh, do I you, Do you want
1: to know, like, my perspective? Hit me. He seems to be actively trying to write a... Naruto-sakura relationship that he decides later on, oh shit, I shouldn't have
0: been doing that. Let's not do that instead. I noticed that. I think his philosophy as far as the shipping stuff goes, as far as I can tell, is he, he sort of starts out with this on-rails mind... I think, it's slight, I think he starts with this sort of on-rails mindset and then he just sort of says, all right, whatever, just give the people what they want. And Is that what they wanted? The Hinata thing seemed to be the fan kind of wank Okay, I'm not saying it says you know whatever those best... two,
1: whatever the two of them do in the privacy of their own bathroom.
0: <laughs> oh, you think it's in a bathroom?
1: <laughs> in this arc, and then even going forward, there's all of the semiotic cues of her being like, "Oh man, that uh, that that Sasuke man, or that Sasuke guy. I don't know why I was wasting that many feelings on him, like." Here's Naruto, and I'm actually starting to see why he is, in fact, charming.
0: That is what you said. And you
1: know, Naruto, for his part, you know, matures, is not like a fucking ankle biter anymore. Like, he is writing a relationship, and then, I guess, three
0: curves of the way through, he stops. That whole paragraph you said here is the foundation of a generation of Flame Wars.
1: I can see why.
0: Yeah. It, it it is a thing. Like
1: I am so against the idea of fan fiction and fanon and fandom and fan anything with like a fucking fan prefix in it. But I guess kind of color me Naruto X Sakura because <laughs> that's what he seems to be trying to do. The two of them do. It seem seems to be, like he has he writes chemistry between these
0: characters and it works. So here's a thought: What if this is a dark herald of the future? Where there was, good or bad, but just a relationship with multiple aspects being written on this one part. Mm-hmm. And then, the people's choice, what the people wanted, the force he bends into, is just the obsessive waifu of one flaw. Is this the sign of things to come in anime? <laughs> I thought this was this <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not. It's not the Sasu Naru house. They uh, they go like out of their ways to, to have Naruto be like, Man, you're what I imagine having a brother would be like.
0: Oh um our sponsor of Vamp Stamps points out they thought that this was a Sasu Naru house. All I can say about that ship is it's fun as far as what I imagine my own dating life. They hate each other so much. It's very good. Oh, the microphone isn't going to pick up any of this. I'm going to be so bad later. (laughs) They just made the point that they hate each other so much and that seems to be what draws a certain type of person to that. I don't know. A
1: certain type of fucking middle schooler, maybe.
0: (laughs) All I know is that I've never dated anyone i thought man you know what this needs a professional rivalry <laughs> which is why i should not have popular? gotten married yeah, the people
1: pres- who have these ships are the people who don't know what it's like to be in a relationship or oh what romantic God. chemistry actually Whoa. means
0: Shots fired. air horns all right i'm skirting around the inevitable but before i get to the inevitable just a little fight that's just fun i'm just gonna <laughs> blip over it mm-hmm. just the um Getting the surprise bug boy on puppet ma- match fulfillment. That was so fucking great, right? It was what that a great just, fucking fight. It's just one of my favorite fights in this thing. Yeah, so it's far. like
1: it's 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 short, it's sweet, it's contained. Like it's good. It's like three chapters long. That's all it really needs to be. It you know yeah. it it has some twists and turns. And my fucking like your boy. My fucking he's like a no. I guess. Shigamaru kind of has to be Orange Cassidy, right?
0: Yeah, but, but by definition, a hundred.
1: Yeah, like he. So so I need to find I need to find a sort of analogy for Shino here. A silent badass. No, no, no! Fucking Darby Allen. Ah, <laughs> just kind of came out of nowhere. Is like kind of freaky, and everyone fucking loves him. And goes super fucking over.
0: And yeah, that that fight just. It's fun, it goes well, it basically has a lot of the appeal of this thing, like, just the the little cool-looking things, the weird idea. Like, when he stripped the whole ninja thing out, it's a guy with a giant murder puppet fighting a guy who uses bugs, and that's, I don't know, the kind of... Like, it's cool and be- fun,
1: and, like, he has. we haven't gotten to the point of combat grass whistling yet. Yeah. Which, oh, and do we get
0: there real fast after the time skip. Like, almost immediately. Are you saying the uh, next puppet fight might not be as amusing? What? Just wait until he starts introducing members of the Akatsuki. We actually get there in the seventy. 70- okay, okay. No, we
1: don't. We don't. We get It's, like, right after that.
0: Oh, okay. So, wait till episode three, y'all. And now it's time for the main event. So, we have the Naruto versus Gaara thing here. After... Sasuke just really takes one to the jimmies. He looks
1: okay. Like, he looks okay in defeat. He looks but... okay.
0: He gets his cool little, I don't know, lightning knife hand, which... Man, that thing gets some exposition for someone who gets his ass kicked. The Herald of Grass Whistling, which and... is funny because it has the whole bird chirping name. And
1: this 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 ass kicking is what triggers his heel turn.
0: Because he got his ass kicked, but Naruto didn't, and boo it's the weirdest thing. Sasuke's entire spiral into darkness and shadow is based on the two or three times he gets his ass beat in this thing. And I almost wonder, am I not meeting the genre on its rules here? Like, does getting kicked in the dick once turn you evil? Is that how life works emotionally? God, I I hope not. Because like, it's it's basically the buy-in in terms of where Sasuke's character goes. Like, we're just left to assume that Gara's sandaled foot collided with his left testicle of such shattering impact <laughs> that his, like, moral center just contracted.
1: <laughs> they already seem to be kind of in a hurry to turn Sasuke heel, like... All of his little, like, little darkness moments in the forest in that part of the tuning
0: exam arc. And it's so strange that it feels so rushed when, again, This whole spread of chapters here brings us into like 140 chapters of content. And he's in a lot of it. He has feature fights and stuff.
1: And he doesn't even turn heel. He doesn't even become a bad guy until after the next arc after this.
0: So you'd think you could build the interior logic. I just kind of wonder why it feels so maybe artificial. He knew exactly where he wanted to go
1: with the character, but he could not figure out. How to get him there, and like, to to his credit, he did things to get him there, but they just were not the right things
0: to get him there.
1: Like yeah. they have they have his you know turn to the dark side be based on a mix getting of kicked in the dick three times, getting kicked in the dick and revenge, and like they, they just like <sighs> he tries to square it by. You know, have like there, there's going to be a flashback later where Itachi will have been, you know, he'll have just freshly killed Uchiha and will be like, and you're not strong enough. And so that's like the basis for, you know, the, the, the for all of this is like revenge and like where revenge and his wanting to be strong enough intersect. But I just it,
0: it all feels like it was meant to justify a writing error. Compliment to this half smacking the the second half of this whole comic by the way Mm -hmm. i keep making this kicked in the dick and turned evil thing but that structure at least did peel back a little in this half of the mr perfect thing that just becomes eye-rolling after the skip yes when he's no no longer allowed to be bad at things yeah no correct yeah it does put some anchors of sanity in this half that Oh, man, remember the time I tried to fight sand, Satan? Oh, man, that shit didn't go too hot.
1: (laughs) I was still coughing up sand. This one time I went to Hawaii, and for a legit six months afterwards, I was still finding sand in myself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tell us more about it, Mr. Lee.
1: Like, I would just be scratching, you know, parts of myself every now and again. Just like... Or, like, I'll have just gone to the bathroom and I wipe, right? And, like, there it is, sand.
0: <laughs> so, this Gara fight. This Gara fight's interesting. Because I have the pocket theory. And maybe I'm forcing this because it's at the latter half of part two. Mm-hmm. But I think almost everything good and bad in Naruto can be found in this Gara fight. <laughs> All right, so, good. Giant Yakuza frogs. Certainly you have giant yakuza frogs you have some just fun drawn things of a man running from sand that not really working out too hot for him Mm -hmm. one or two just broad emotional beats that work of like we can get through this what have you etc yeah and you have some of the bad like the edgiest boy alive (laughs) the flashback that never ends it goes on and on my friends the swing the swing you have the sand s- swing the sand <laughs> swing you have a sakura getting chumped out almost as badly as 1010 but without narrative purpose it's it's bad with her man it's bad.
1: <laughs> like they try they where i am at in the manga right now they are trying to repair her credibility like after the time
0: skip they're doing their goddamn damnedest she gets tied to the sand railroad tracks in this match. And on the good to neutral zone, the whole thing does have a little small version of their little puzzle box structure at times. Not later on, when it just sort of becomes Frog versus Raccoon. Frog versus Raccoon. It's pretty sick, I'll give you that. But more when he's trying to figure out, okay, my friend's stuck in that thing over there. What the fuck am I going to do about this? Mm-hmm. And um, that sort of straight underdog part of the match works. And also, it is a peak and an early rendition of you hate it, some of you love it, I don't understand why, but Taknojutsu emerges in its purest form in this one.
1: Talk no jutsu. Actually, not
0: purest form, because it doesn't convince them to change their lives mid-fight. Taknojutsu is the colloquial form <laughs> of <laughs> through the midst of your death combat, Naruto convinces you that your life philosophy is wrong, and it's time to turn it around. It is the outer limits combat therapy. Might not have to go too much here, because one, guards are sort of given the information and is just too battered to dis- to agree or disagree at that point, <laughs> which is amusing. B. It's happening for the first time, really. Neji had to have a whole intervention. Okay. It's also, I think, just one of the better rendered ones. It has things feeding into it thematically up to this point because Gaara is an ideological twin, which makes it feel like one of the most... I guess, or so we're told. It's an attempt at an ideological twin. It's not as ass-nowhere... Stupid, why as the painting, or maybe it is, whatever. That's still, even if I'm wrong, there it still feeds into this whole fight. We'll see. Sort of getting there, a micro version of this series' of strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Where do you want to go go or start with this? With oh, with the fight itself, or was that in itself a way of going over it? Yeah,
1: no, I think I think we've kind of gone over it just in terms of. What was good about it? What was bad enough about it?
0: And sort of um... cool. So since we're going over to fight, I'm gonna start making fun of Gara again. I want to talk about just this one quote where we sort of just get at Gara's character motivations. Aaron, it's in the hospital when he's about to murder someone in the hospital because he's the, <laughs> because he's the edgiest Isn't boy that alive. It's an
1: act of war.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you just say, "This guy." There he's... are
1: police. We are told later that there is a police force there's like a black ops and it answers to the hokage
0: they wear those animal masks where are they but there's this quote just narrowed thinking wow this guy he's just like me I'm thinking oh okay so he's got some of his little philosophy thing okay it's and people get talking about it I'll let it ride so this is what I came up with I exist to kill all humans other than myself <laughs> living in constant fear knowing I might be assassinated at any moment I finally found inner peace. By killing those who sought to kill me, I was able to discern a reason for living and justify my own existence. As the hell spawn, I fought the denizens of the devil sent to... You see, I, I, I spun off into the McFarlanisms over there. fast fascinates me as this like borderline sort of special needs level of edge that I can, I can barely sort of comprehend. <laughs> Tattooing... Love on his face. And was it blood?
1: I, I, think, I think he scarific- scarifies his uh his forehead by using his sand to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, In yeah.
1: your grief with me <laughs> for eternity, <laughs> release your love. Take your presence on the fire with
0: her. That was uh, Disturbs Inside the Fire for those of you who <laughs> childhoods. Well, we I
1: there is no band. There is no band that I associate more with Gara of the Desert than Disturbed.
0: I kind of wonder if the sheer cartoon degree of edge almost makes it weird that Naruto finds a way to like identify or empathize with this man, because <laughs> it's a borderline alien train of logic. Like the moral calculus is weird, just that pain of being all alone. It's not trivial. The way you feel. I don't know why, but I understand it so well. The hurt. And I'm there just saying, he murders children in he hospitals mur- of sad. <laughs> you can't. I know you were both <laughs> lonely on a swing and almost died. There was... But then he murdered children in a hospital of Set. There is proof
1: that you could make any idea a good one, which is, so in Mass Effect 2, there is one line. Literally one line that boils down this entire overwritten philosophy that he has into one single sentence, which is when Jack says, the way I see it, every time someone in the universe dies and it's not me, my chances of survival have gone up. There. Done. There. That's it. Bang. So uh, I, that's what I'm going to take from from his philosophy. That's going to be the charitable reading that I apply to it. It's just yep. him being 12 years old and an edgelord and, like, not having... Not having the vocabulary necessary to concisely say that sentence right there.
0: Or, to put it simply, brevity, which is, you know, when you say something quickly, instead of saying taking a long time to say something that could be said more simply and quickly, because, you know, you want to take the short route to saying that thing and make sure you get there in a sort of speedy manner, <laughs> is the soul or spiritual essence, you know, the sort of cosmic, unique signature within something that binds it to this earth. In a sort of, you know, either a directly religious or sort of abstractly spiritual kind of way of wit or intelligence or, you know. Oh my God, I get it. <laughs> I forgot that he scarified the word love on his forehead. Oh man, he made Hot Topics so much money.
1: Tell me what it is that I'm supposed to do, now that I've learned you to beat me! <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, anyway, this is part two of the Uzumaki ad, where the band disturbed, who happened to be made up of Denardale and... And Draven, Dead Draven, whatever David Draven, whatever I, I know. Wait, this is Denard Dial Sam Lego. This is William Hell. And um, one, nothing wrong with me. <laughs> Two, <laughs> nothing wrong with. Me. <laughs> three, <laughs> nothing <laughs> wrong with me. Oh man, you know that song is about mosh pits. There are three literature programs represented on this podcast. <laughs> Truly okay we'll see you next time peace peace out you never saw any sexual chemistry between sasuke and naruto in all of your reading and rereading uh not even a little little. wow it's just not where i'm at i guess I'm queering Naruto, a radical
1: rereading of blue and orange. <laughs> we didn't have the representation back then. I'm sorry. <laughs> you yeah, existed. Yaoi yeah, existed as a genre, and it had for a while.